Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Coming up on In-Flight Snack, a Jets mess just when you thought it couldn't get worse. Of course it does, because that's what the Jets do. I mean, it goes from bad to worse. Who's to blame for all this? It's not Robert Sala, but should he still have to pay the price? I tell you, and a whole lot more next. Now, I got to tell you this as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. The holiday season is off and rolling with NFL in full stride and the NBA and NHL hitting midseason form. Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info with up to the minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports and not just the big four. Bet Online has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport from MMA to international soccer. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code BELIEVE for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Third line ready. The snap clean, the placement down, the kick is up, and the kick hooks to the left, but it's gone! He's got the angle. He's got blockers. Powell working the sidelines. Powell goes all the way. Touchdown, Jets. Yo, it's Quinn Williams here, and you listen to In Flight Snack on the Believe Podcast Network. Let's make sure we play like the New York Jets. Let's go to eat a damn snack. What a mess. What a mess this has become. Welcome back to In-Flight Snack, a New York Jets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Rami Lavi. Bilal Powell is out today. I woke up sick on Monday morning. How could you not be sick? So now it's Tuesday evening. Uh, by the time I'm recording this, Bilal also lost his voice. That's Coach Bilal Powell. He coached the winning team in the Kentucky regionals, Kentucky versus Ohio regional games uh, for the Kentucky national team this weekend for middle school. So shout out Bilal. Congrats on the win. I understand how he lost his voice coaching that game, um, but big win on Saturday. Uh, and then, so we were going to record yesterday afternoon and then we tried to push it off to this morning. It didn't work. Bilal, unfortunately, uh, couldn't make it. So I'm doing a solo pod. I'm doing this episode kind of raw off the top of my head, just kind of raw emotion and what a mess it's become. And I was going to talk about the game on Monday. Forget about the game. The game is the least of our worries because when is the game our biggest worry when you're a Jet fan? It is absurd what this franchise has become and what this franchise continues to do. Just when you think it couldn't get any worse, it gets worse. And we'll talk about all of it. We'll talk about the Rogers report, the Diana Rossini report, the new report, Joe Beningo and his conversations leaking with the head coach, Robert Sala. Who's the starting quarterback? Tim Boyle gets cut 
it's just endless with this team. But I want to start here because this is where I wanted to start after the game on Monday. And this should have been the place to start. Because I think before we get into the nitty gritty, and I do want to discuss all of it. And by the way, this feels like it was 100 years ago. But Connor, Hughes, and Jamal Adams going at it on Friday. I mean... (laughs) That stuff was crazy, too, and Bilal has comments about that, which we'll get to hopefully when he's available on Thursday, if he can uh, make it for that episode, if Bilal's feeling a little bit better. And again, the Jets make me sick. I don't blame him. At least he's losing his voice for good reason. Again, congrats to my buddy BP for uh, winning that game, and he's got another game in a couple of weeks, so we'll be rooting for you. Uh, I, I'm sure you're listening to this, because who doesn't love listening to a Jets podcast talking about the misery, the misery that is being a Jets fan. I digress. Before we get into everything, the mess that is everything, I think there's a point here that not enough people are talking about. And so I wanted to talk about it on this podcast. I'm lucky enough to have this platform, thanks to the Believe Network, thanks to my bosses at WFAN and everyone who believes in me and puts the trust in me to host this podcast and to make my opinion public and to put a microphone in front of me and say, hey, go give us your opinion, share it with us, tell us how you feel. Not everyone is gifted this opportunity and uh, I really do appreciate it. So when I talk about the Jets, I think this season... And what happens moving forward over the next five weeks and how ugly this gets is going to determine the offseason and it's going to determine next year and what happens in the future. I want to start with the end, really, because Aaron Rodgers ended his weekly spot on the Pat McAfee show by saying this. Aaron Rodgers said to Pat McAfee and the listening audience still on ESPN, or I guess still on YouTube. They're already off ESPN, I should say. He said... I love the Jets fans because they care so freaking much. And it's been a bleep year. It's been a shit season is what he said. Fine. Throw the little E next to my podcast. Deserves it anyway. But I promise you we'll be back. Aaron Rodgers is committed to this team. Aaron Rodgers knows how different it would be if he was out there. Somebody posted today, and it was so appropriate. Somebody posted on Twitter... X, whatever you call it, the a video from week one of the NFL season of Aaron Rodgers on the first offensive play as a Jet, and you hear the green eighteen, green eighteen set, and I don't think I'd ever seen this video with the sound because I was watching the game while working at CBS Sports Network, so the sound was off, and the TV was on. I was of course watching it, but my sound on my TV was off. And then I never went back and watched the highlights from week one. Obviously, I've seen the Rodgers injury 10,000 times, more times than I ever wished to see it. But I don't think I ever went back to watch the first drive of the game, like the first play of the game. The first play, I think, was a 26-yard run by Brees Hall in his first play back from the ACL. And by the way, side tangent, if you guys can put a pin in what I was just saying, quick side point. Everyone's freaking out about Brees Hall, and he had 16 yards on 13 carries on Sunday. Awful. I get it. This is a guy who's coming year one off an ACL. Do we not remember that he's not supposed to be perfect in year one off an ACL? So it's caught up to him a little bit later in the year than earlier. Point one. Point two. 
They're putting eight guys in the box against him every time and making the Jets receivers beat them one-on-one. And oh, by the way, the Jets receivers are beating the defenders one-on-one and they don't have the quarterback to get them the ball. And we'll talk about that a little bit later because there were four quarterbacks already played for the Jets and there's going to be a fifth and none of them can get the ball to the receivers who are running wide open down the field. Meanwhile, they have Jake Browning going out and putting going 36 for, 31 for 36 or 32 for 37 on Monday night football and going out on the road and beating a Jags team that, trust me, the Jags blew it, in my opinion. But it's incredible that the only team that doesn't have a backup, forget about one backup, three guys, they have played four guys this year, and none of them can even come close to what every other backup, because so many backups are playing this year, with this, which is an entirely different issue, whether it's Josh Dobbs, who I know, you know, the kind of, it's the clock struck midnight on him a little bit in the Cinderella story is a little bit over, but you look at a guy like Jake Browning, who's the new Cinderella story now, or even what Gardner Minshew is doing out with, with Shane Steichen down in Indianapolis. All right. Side tangent over. Let's get back to what I was talking about. So Brees Hall runs for 26 yards on the first play and the crowd is going nuts. MetLife is shaking. You hear the Rogers cadence. And the reason I mentioned that I never watched that play with the sound on is because I never got to see that Rogers cadence with the Jets. I only saw it in preseason. And I talked so much about it in preseason, how it's special. It just hits different when you hear it. And I watched the video and I got chills. And I thought to myself, this was not supposed to be this way. I know everyone said it. I know everyone's talked about it. But this was not supposed to happen like this. Aaron Rodgers was supposed to be the quarterback of this team. Does Aaron Rodgers solve every single problem of this team? No. But it's a lot better if Aaron Rodgers was there. Aaron Rodgers being the quarterback of this team, you'd think they're at least 8-4. and four. The record's at least flipped. This is a 4-8 and eight team. This team would be 8-4 and four if Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback. And even Aaron Rodgers said today, look, when teams are winning, it covers a lot of the warts that are already there. He said, we were building a winning culture and we were fixing and correcting some of the things underneath while we are winning. But once you start losing, all those bad things start to rear their ugly heads. And whether it's the dysfunction with the media, things not being buttoned up, anonymous reports like Bilal always talks about, Bilal always says, you start hearing the anonymous reports, this is peak anonymous reports. And I'm sure we'll talk about it with Bilal on Thursday. This is the king of all anonymous reports. And all that stuff... The undisciplined stuff, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, everyone, Nathaniel Hackett, everyone would look better if Aaron Rodgers was playing. I'm not saying they'd be undefeated. I'm not even saying they'd be 10 and 2 or 9 and 3. But to think they couldn't be 8 and 4, to think they couldn't beat the lowly Las Vegas Raiders that they almost beat, to think they couldn't win that game at home against the Chargers or the New England game, at least have those three games. Heck, this past week against Atlanta. I believe there are some wins there that the Jets would have undoubtedly had if Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback of this team. And so it makes me think, as you go into the rest of this season, the next five weeks, how bad is it going to get? Is this going to completely fall apart to the point of no return? Because that's what it looks like. It looks like this is a situation that Everything is going down the drain. You can't rely on this head coach. You can't rely on this front office. You can't rely on this play, these players. Everyone's undisciplined. It's unbelievable what we're seeing right now from this team. And honestly, I can't see them winning another game the rest of the season. And if that happens and you lose out, they've already lost five in a row. They lost six in a row to end this season last year. They've lost five in a row now and the locker room's a mess and all those different things. 
I was ready to come on here and say Salah has to go. He's gone. He's good as gone, and you have to make a decision. I would have fired him this week. He's gotten himself even into more trouble with the Joe Beningo report and everything that's going on. So what I'm saying right now, and by the way, Robert, stop holding back in the media. Stop holding back in the press conferences. Stop starting to say something and then stopping. Speak your mind because it's now or never. You're going to lose your job. I've been saying it for weeks. And I don't think it's fair for Robert Sala to lose his job because he hasn't had a chance. But everything that we've seen is negative. We haven't seen any positive other than his defense turning around after year one because he hasn't had a quarterback. He hasn't had an opportunity. But what we do see is the same mistakes on defense, the same penalties, the same lack of discipline, both on the field and off the field in the media and in social media. So what else could we possibly judge you based on, Robert Sala? There's nothing else. You're not giving us anything positive to judge you on. And so he has to go if this season continues to go down the drain. There has to be a fall guy. The thing is, if Aaron Rodgers was here and this season was different, don't you think we'd be having a completely different conversation right now? If the Jets are 8-4, and four, Sure, there would have been issues. There would have been up and downs. It's the NFL. Look around. There's ups and downs everywhere. But all the issues that we talk about, even going as far as to say Zach Wilson being the backup quarterback was a mistake by Joe Douglas and this staff. No, that wasn't the mistake. The mistake was after Aaron Rodgers got hurt because Zach Wilson could have been the backup quarterback for a game, for a quarter, for two games, and they could have been fine. They were four and three with Zach Wilson. Did he lead them to victories necessarily? Certainly not, but he wasn't doing enough damage to hold them back from victories until Robert Sala went on the Michael K show and said, I plead the fifth, the kid loses all his confidence, and then it's a complete spiral downhill from there. We already know the guys in the room didn't back him, and instead you went to a guy in Tim Boyle who's now cut? (laughs) That was the backup quarterback? Again, that was the mistake. But this season... And what it had the ability to be and the potential to be never got off the ground because Aaron Rodgers got hurt four plays in. And if you're a Jets fan, if you're media, you don't want to hear it. It's the same narrative again and again. It sounds like an excuse. It's not an excuse. This guy, everything would be different if he was playing. Yes. Would everything be perfect? No. But to believe that everything would have been completely different if Aaron Rodgers was playing, of course you have to believe that. Because the Jets, at the end of the day, made the right move. They went out and got the superstar. They went out and got Aaron Rodgers. And knowing how it played out, the disaster that it's been, and somehow it keeps getting worse, and I don't know how it keeps getting worse, but somehow it keeps getting worse. Knowing everything I know today, on December 5th, if I could go back in time, I tell the Jets, go for Aaron Rodgers. Do everything the way you did it not after his injury, but leading up into his injury. On September 10th, I'd still say the same thing. I'd say, you guys did the perfect thing. You got all his guys here. You got Hackett here. You got Cobb here. You got Lazard here to lure him in. And he's here and he's all in. And just one Achilles pop is what blew everything for us. But to say that, to play the results... And to say that because it didn't work out, everything was a mistake in the first place? How could you possibly do that? That's just not true. It's not true. It's so easy to play the results and say that they screwed up 
and the Jets got it wrong because the Jets always get it wrong. They didn't. They got it right. They did the right thing. So the question then becomes, who's going to pay for this mess? Should Joe Douglas pay for this because he didn't go out and get a backup quarterback after Rodgers went out? Well, the question then becomes, was it Rodgers who was the one who didn't want him to go get the backup quarterback? Well, now it seems like the Jets organization is almost distancing themselves a little bit from Aaron Rodgers. They cut Tim Boyle. I don't know. That was Rodgers' guy. They benched Alan Lazard a couple weeks ago. That's Rodgers' guy. Cobb hasn't seen the field in two months. But it seems like Rodgers is still on it, all in with this team. At least he said so publicly. I don't know what he's saying privately. The worst case scenario is Rodgers gets so mad and he wants to leave. So I agree, you have to keep Rodgers happy. But who pays for this mess? Is the answer that we just run it back next year? We were hit with terrible luck. This is awful. It was a god-awful situation. Who knew it was going to happen this way? If we run it back, take it from the top next year, start over, it'll be different. It'll be better. If that's the case, then I guess you bring everyone back. And that includes Hackett, that includes Salah, and that includes Joe Douglas. Everyone, top to bottom. Hopefully they can retain Jeff Ulbrich, which I don't see that happening. The alternative, though, is somebody needs to pay for this mess. And I think the answer is Robert Sala. And I'm torn. I really am. I, I, I want to give you an answer one way or another. But how do I know what Robert Sala is when he didn't get a real chance? But then everything we've seen is negative. To me, what happened this week is going to push it over the top for Robert Sala to get fired. I don't think this team wins another game the rest of the year unless they go into New England the last week and the, the Patriots stick it to the Jets one last time. The Jets will beat the Patriots in week 18 to lose a top pick. But who knows if they're going to even draft a quarterback if they had a top pick. They should draft a quarterback if the Jets have a top pick. You should be drafting Rodgers' replacement in the draft this year. Let him play the next two years. Do what the Packers have done twice now successfully. Do what the Kansas City Chiefs did with Patrick Mahomes. It worked. It's the right move. That's what the Jets should be doing. Are they afraid of Rodgers? It looks like they're not operating in fear anymore. They're operating in desperation. Which tells me that Joe knows jobs are on the line. I don't know if Robert Sala knows that yet. Joe certainly knows it. Salah seems to still be pointing fingers. He still doesn't command a room. He still doesn't command a press conference. Nobody believes him in the press conference. He doesn't sound believable. And the mess with Joe Beningo, and in case you haven't followed, Joe Beningo reported or really just read a text he got from the head coach two things. One is alarming beyond belief. One was Joe's mistake, and I knew it right away the second he said it. The Joe mistake was he said, you have to go back to Zach Wilson. He texted the head coach that, and the head coach said, are you kidding? And right away, I knew it was because we ripped Zach Wilson for so long. And the coach was saying, really? After all that, you want us to go back to the kid? Now that you ripped him all that time, now you want us to go back to him? I knew that that's what Salah meant. Joe thought it to mean, I can't go back to him. He stinks. Mm -mm, that's wrong. And Joe admitted his mistake. What's lost in all this in the report is Robert Salah sent a list of coaches and their records with and without their quarterbacks to Joe Beningo. Almost as if to say is, I'm not guilty for any of this because I didn't have my starting quarterback. What kind of bullshit excuse is that, Robert Sala? 
And you know what? When I look at the players and I look at the lack of discipline and I look at the guys pointing fingers in the media, it starts with you. It starts at the top. It starts with the head coach making an excuse and saying, I didn't have my quarterback and that's why my team did poorly. Right or wrong, you can never say that. I don't care if it's in a private text with a coach that should have never, or with a media member that should have never gone public. Robert Sala, you knew when you went out and decided to go pursue a friendship and a relationship with Joe Beningo, one of the most diehard but crazy and emotional Jet fans there are out there. And I love Joe. He's been on the show. I've met him in person a bunch of times at work when working at the fan. I love Joe. But he is an emotional, crazy Jet fan. He is not just an average Jet fan, and he has a lot of power amongst his fan base. And you knew, Robert Sala, when you went out and you befriended him, that this was the risk. This was what comes with the territory. But you pursued it anyway. Let's not let's not get this twisted. This wasn't Joe pursuing a friendship, a relationship with the head coach. This was Salah wanting to play to the fans. I'm going to go play golf with you. I'm going to be friends with you. And Aaron Rodgers is going to be here. And ha ha, this is so much fun. And now it's going sideways. And you're saying, well, Joe, you know, there's other guys. And the funniest part is the first person he cited... <laughs> was Zach Taylor in Cincinnati who just went out and went down to Jacksonville, one of the best teams in the league, and beat them on the road in overtime with a backup quarterback. So shove it up your ass, Robert Sala. Take that. My God. I'm angry. I don't know if you can tell. But Robert Sala is writing his own death script. And then the the report that comes out with Zach Wilson that he said he doesn't want to play. And Robert Sala blatantly just goes out and lies in the media. And says, no, that never happened. Aaron Rodgers all but admitted it on the McAfee show. Aaron Rodgers said, I'm not going to tell you that didn't happen. Of course it happened. Didn't say that part, but he said, I'm not going to tell you that didn't happen. I'm just going to tell you, I don't like the leaks. Why did it have to get out to the media? Which tells you it did happen, but Rodgers is upset that it got out, which is fine. That's okay, but don't lie. Don't tell me it didn't happen when it clearly and obviously did happen. Robert Sala lying again. And then he goes on the Michael K show and he says, oh, if he said that, he wouldn't be here. And then he says, well, you know, private conversations that happen. I'm not sure exactly. I'm not privy to those. And then he also said, I have no idea what's happening, what what people are talking about, players are talking about when I'm not there. First of all, it's your job to know. It's your job to own the locker room. But we already know he has no ownership of the locker room. He has no control over what happens in the locker room. So he said, I have no idea what happens in the locker room, what conversations are happening when I'm not there. It's your job to know. So you better get an idea, Robert Sala. But then he goes, you know, if he said that, if, 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 if Zach said that, he wouldn't be here. But at the end, he says, you know, Zach may have said that to someone else, but obviously he came to me and, and, and corrected it. So which one is it? It's the same thing with this guy over and over again. He can't get his own story right. And I'm sick of it. And so while I want to say that he deserves a chance with Aaron Rodgers, he does, but he blew it. All you had to do was not let this turn into a total circus. I don't care if this team went 2-16 and 16 this year. That's not a real number. 2-15 and 15 this year. If they went 2-15, and 15, I'd be fine with that. This is where I need Bilal to calm me down, by the way. I'm like yelling now for... 10 minutes straight. Is this a good listen? Is anyone enjoying this? I'm not enjoying this jet season. This is just emotion. This is just, oh my God, every freaking day with this. I moved to New York. I was excited. I worked for the Ravens and the Orioles the last couple of years. 
And I was excited to come to New York back to, I'm a Jet fan, I'm a Knicks fan, I'm a Rangers fan, I'm a Giant, a Yankee fan. Sorry, not a Giants fan. Although I wish I was a Giants fan right now. Talk about that. Their season is so much fun. They're four and eight, but they have this kid Italian quarterback. He's going to be starting on Monday Night Football again. Everyone's excited. Ah, this is great. Kid from New Jersey. Great feel-good story. Won a couple games in a row. Sure, it was the Patriots who lost 6 nothing at home in the worst football game of the year. Sure, you beat a Washington Commanders team that just gave up 75 points to the Dolphins, which, by the way, crazy stat. And I, I, I'm off on a tangent. I'm going to have to get back to my point eventually. Find my way home. But... The Cowboys have more points this year than the Dolphins. That was a sh- like, it's not shocking, but it's a surprising stat. Just going to throw that out there. I thought this was going to all be roses and shun- sunshine. Come work in the New York market. I can't hear it anymore. I can't take it anymore with all this Jets content every single day. I thought we thought it was going to be a fun season and it's just been awful. And um, so again, like I said, I don't know if this is enjoyable to anyone listening to this. I apologize, but this is honest. This is real. This is how I feel. And Bilal sometimes reigns me in. And, and that's what I love about our dynamic. And I love about the show. And I'm kind of peeling back the curtain a little bit to how my I actually feel about this show. But this Jets team and Robert Sala, like we cannot do it again with this guy. You had your op, as he likes to call it. You had your opportunity. You see how Mike McDaniel has one personality in front of the media where he's making the jokes and he's kind of like stuttering a little bit. And then he gets in front of his team on the hard knocks, in-season hard knocks. And me and Bilal, when we were watching this, were texting each other like, oh my God. It makes you realize how far off we are. And sometimes when you have the wrong head coach, you don't need to know necessarily what he would look like in a perfect situation. Because I do think, like I said, if it was the perfect situation, if Rodgers was here, if Rodgers was healthy, if Rodgers was the Aaron Rodgers he's been in his entire career, I think this team is 8-2 and two and headed to the playoffs, maybe not winning the division, but getting a home playoff game maybe or a chance to really win a playoff game, which is all we wanted. All we wanted was to break the streak and win a playoff game, have a playoff game in the first place, and then maybe even win one. That's all we asked for at the beginning of the year. But sometimes you don't get the perfect situation. And all he had to do was not turn it into a complete and utter disaster. All he had to do was, even if they lost, like I said, I wish they would have lost that first game of the year against Buffalo. Once Rodgers got hurt, we knew the season was over. They should have lost that game because then we wouldn't have had this idiotic false hope. But instead, we've created this false narrative and false hope for ourselves, like something's good is going to happen. And we flushed it down the drain and we let it get out of hand. I don't care if they went 0-17 this year. Really, I don't. But it couldn't fall apart to this point. You couldn't have guys in the media arguing with each other. You couldn't have the unnamed sources. You couldn't have everything that's happened because that's what's going to cost Robert Sala his job. Not the fact that the team is losing. Not the fact that he he didn't get his chance because he didn't have his quarterback. Like, Look at what everyone else does without their all-star quarterback. How can you possibly judge me fairly if I don't have my Pro Bowl quarterback? Because I don't care if you have your Pro Bowl quarterback or not. You lost the locker room for the second straight year. You lost everyone there. Your team lacks discipline for the second consecutive year. This got so far out of hand, so much worse than anything we possibly could have imagined. And it's on you. You're the head coach. You answered for it. And the fact that you're not willing to answer for it, that you're hesitant to answer for it, that makes it even worse. And that's why I think ultimately when I look at both sides, is it fair? No, sometimes it's not fair. But he's more than earned this firing that I think the Jets should do. Where they go, we talked about it with Jim Harbaugh and everything else. 
I don't know where you go from here. But everything we've seen tells me that this is the wrong guy and he has to be gone. They have to do something about this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Salah. I wish it was better. And every day I look back at that video when I looked at it and I hear green 18 and I had chills and I'm just like, it should have been different. It could have been different. And you would have had the opportunity, Robert Sala. You would have. You you would have had the chance because everyone said, nah, we'll run it back next year. We'll have Rodgers next year. We'll bring the whole band back and it'll go better and we'll start from fresh next year. All you had to do was keep it together. I don't think they'll fire him in season. He has five games to pull it together. If it continues to go this way, he's gone. If not, then maybe you turn around and you say, all right, let's see how it looks with Aaron Rodgers. But we don't have time to find out about you anymore, Robert Sala. Now it's win mode. And there's nothing you've done that's proven that you can win. And look, like at some point, you know he's not the guy. Even if it's not the right, even if it's not fair, he's not it. Like I talked about with Gerard Gallant versus Peter LaViolette. Gerard, Gerard Gallant goes to the playoffs, back-to-back years, a great team, all that. Sure, but you weren't getting over the final hump with him. You bring in Peter LaViolette. And everything looks different. Everything looks the way it's supposed to look. And that's ultimately how it's going to go for Robert Sala. I hope they make the right move. And I think the right move is to let him go. As sad as that is, he has five games to pull together. I don't see that happening for him, as unfortunate as that is. He doesn't command the room. And he's certainly lost everyone in the media. And he's lost everyone's trust. And it sucks. And when Rodgers talks about zipping it up and tightening it up, He's talking to you, coach, because that's your job. And you've done it. He's been talking about it for weeks already. And nothing's changed. And it was the same way last year. And it's going to be the same next year, even if Rodgers is healthy. So I'm sorry. That falls on the head coach. I don't know what's going to happen next. But we had a chance this year, especially when they were 4-3, and three, to just keep it afloat, even if you missed the playoffs, to see what it would look like with Rodgers. Just run it back. Do it the right way. This time with Rodgers. And... Robert Sala took it and lit a match to it and poured gasoline all over it. And now we have a giant dumpster fire, as always, with the New York Jets. All right. (sighs) I'm going to take a quick break. I'll come back with a little bit more on these stories and maybe some stuff from the game and wrap it up after this. All right. Coming back for a couple more minutes just to wrap up real quick with a couple of things couple of notes from Sunday, and I said, we'll get to the Jamal Adams story, which is a crazy story, but uh, I think Bilal has some in- insight. He was obviously Jamal Adams' teammate at one point. Um, look, the same as always, the penalties. Robert Sal in the postgame, obviously very interesting. I kind of mentioned this when he asked about, they asked about Nathaniel Hackett. He's like, well, no, the receivers were open all day. He wrote up a good scheme. Just kind of danced around it, but he basically said, Tim Boyle sucked and then Tim Boyle gets cut. So great. You started a guy for two weeks in a row that you thought sucked and Trevor Simeon didn't have a fair shake. Like I think Trevor Simeon will probably start against, uh, I do think we'll see Brett Ribbon at some point, but I think Trevor Simeon's going to be the one to get the start against Houston because he didn't have a fair shake. You're going to tell a guy to come into a game cold who probably didn't practice at all with the a squad and by the way i was right told you so i told you he was going to come to that game i actually started him in one of my fantasy leagues that's how much i knew he was going to come to the game didn't do anything but he came to the game um 
So I think he didn't get a fair shake, obviously, uh, because you're coming in cold and expected to what? To actually somehow perform cold off the bench and have two or three drives in the fourth quarter when everyone knows now you need to throw because you're down a score and you need to score a touchdown. Obviously, impossible situation for Trevor Simeon. So I don't think we fully saw what he can do. That said, it's not like he looks great, but there were wide open receivers all day. If the Jets score one, if Tim Boyle decides one of those three throws, I'm just going to throw it up and let Garrett Wilson go make a play. When he had Garrett Wilson wanting wide open one-on-one, there was like three or four times. If he just on one of them decides to throw the ball, the Jets win the game. All they needed was one touchdown. They lost by five. All they needed was one. Uh, Just ridiculous. The defense was great and they didn't quit. Like the defense was incredible. The offensive line was really good. Dalvin Cook was actually really good until the fumble. Of course, the fumble cost them the game, essentially, because they also score. They give up a touchdown off the fumble. Uh, But just, like I said, crazy stuff. And the saddest part about this whole Jets season, because I mentioned briefly the Patriots game, we can't even enjoy the Jets, the Patriots demise this year. Like, this should be so much fun. Jet fans finally watching what it's like for them. But instead, the Patriots are going to get the first overall pick over the Jets or a top pick over the Jets, a second overall pick. They're going to end up getting a great franchise quarterback for the next 20 years. And we're going to be stuck with the same bullshit. All right. Um, and we can enjoy it. We can enjoy the downfall of the Patriots franchise after they've been good for 25 years and kicking our ass because the Jets are even more pathetic than the Patriots, even though the Patriots lost 6 nothing uh, on Sunday against the Chargers. Everyone knows they're tanking. A random sad fact, the last Jets quarterback to both start and finish every game in a season was Geno Smith in 2013. I've mentioned that a couple of places I've been guests on already this week. That is just insane. 2013 10 years ago that the Jets had a quarterback who started and finished every game of a full season that's insane just unreal some more scary numbers the Jets have 10 offensive touchdowns this year in 142 drives that's a 7% touchdown rate since 2000 that ranks 765th out of 766 teams the 2006 Raiders had a 6.7 rate that's the only team that's worse um also, the Jets, the last time they started four quarterbacks, because if Trevor Simeon or Brett Rippon starts this season, it's going to be the fourth quarterback they start. The last time they started four quarterbacks in a season was 1989. Ken O'Brien was 4-8. Tony Easton was 0-2. Pat Ryan was 0-1. And Kyle Mackey was 0-1 as well. And then there's the Ian Rappaport story that drives me insane. <laughs> this story, let me tell you, of all the Jets stories, this is the most typical Jets story. So Aaron Rodgers, if the Jets aren't in playoff contention, and he basically shut down the whole notion that he's going to come back because he, they're not going to be in playoff contention. So Rodgers all but said now he's not coming back because the team doesn't have a chance once they got their eighth loss. Now he said they're not mathematically eliminated, of course, but as soon as they are, when they lose to Houston or Miami in the next couple of weeks, he's not going to rush back on the 24th. He said originally the goal, of course, was to come back. And now he's talking about it more openly. Now that it feels like it's a pipe dream and it's definitely not going to happen. He said, yes, the goal was always the 24th. And good for Aaron. Aaron should have a goal. He, he should also his teammates should learn from him how to set goals and to be like have, have something that they care about and have a passion towards something. He certainly had that. And I respect Aaron Rodgers for that. And unfortunately it didn't work out for him because his team couldn't win and partially his fault. If he was telling them to start Tim Boyle or continue starting Zach Wilson, whatever role he played in this. And by the way, the more I see Aaron Rodgers talk and the more I see how dysfunctional his franchise is, I blame the franchise and not Rodgers. And I still love Aaron Rodgers. Let me get that very clear. Let me say that again. I love Aaron Rodgers. I fucking love him. And I want him to be the quarterback of this team next year, no matter what. I love the guy. I trust the guy. I, I, again, this is not his fault. It was beyond his 
he's he feels sorry he feels bad this was beyond him this is fate this is terrible organization this is cursed whatever you want to call it this is messed up from the top down but Aaron Rodgers doesn't really have a lot of the blame in this and I know I've kind of gone back and forth on that whether I blame Rodgers or not and I don't think I can anymore because I just I'm seeing the dysfunction and to me this falls more than anyone on the head coach and I've talked about that enough but the report came out that now that Rodgers is probably not going to get an opportunity to come back and play in a meaningful game it would still mean a lot to him and be a victory if he could enter the game as an emergency third string quarterback not come to the game but at least dress in the uniform and be on the sideline as a technically active member of the roster for the last couple of games of the season. Now, the logic behind it is it's a victory for him. He feels like he's the fastest to ever do it. He's back in the uniform. It gives him some juice going into next year, and he's not risking injury because he's not going to play. No backup, emergency backup quarterback has played yet this season. We almost saw it last night. Um, once Trevor Lawrence went down, I think it was the second quarterback that came in, uh, I, I'm, and his name is escaping my memory right now, um, but the second quarterback that came in for Jacksonville hurts his wrist on like the first tackle and I didn't really see it I was like what he's gonna come out too now they go to the two-minute warning and I guess he figured out whatever was messed up with him uh during the two-minute warning uh Chris uh CJ Bethard was the quarterback so they were almost going to have to use their emergency third string quarterback emergency backup quarterback uh, in that game, they didn't end up having to use it. But how typical is it going to be? This would be typical Jets. Aaron Rodgers is the emergency third quarterback, and the first two guys get hurt. Only if Aaron Rodgers decides to be the emergency backup quarterback, the Jets would be the first team in NFL history to have to go to the emergency backup quarterback after the first two guys get hurt. And that's when Aaron Rodgers is going to come into the game and probably tear his Achilles again, because that would be typical Jets. Although, honestly... At that point, I think they might just say, hey, Dalvin Cook, you wanted more snaps. Go throw the ball, <laughs> dude. We're not putting Rodgers out there, even though he is officially the third backup quarterback. Uh, we'll just run the Wildcat the rest of the game. So I think they're too smart to do that, but I wouldn't put anything past the Jets. But that report made me think like, oh, my God, this franchise really is cursed forever. And whatever the worst possible scenario is will that could happen will happen. And that's why I believe like I think they should fire Salah. I think Robert, I think at this point, Rodgers can't even deny it i think they should bring in a real adult in the room like a jim harbaugh like a veteran head coach who's been there done that before um but like i said i think they should draft a backup quarterback not a backup but a, a rookie quarterback so that they can have a quarterback in the room next to aaron Rodgers to learn from him for the next two years and then make him the starter after that like green bay did successfully twice like patrick mahomes in kansas city did successfully it's what works apparently but whatever they do, I know it would be the wrong move. They'll trade the first the first round pick for Devontae Adams. They'll keep Robert Sala here, and we'll do this mess all over again next year and just in a different way. So why do I think they need change? Because this hasn't worked, and I know I said it. I admit it. It would be different if he wasn't here, and that's been my number one goal. If Rodgers was here, if Rodgers played, it would be different. Doesn't matter. I'm sorry. He didn't. It's over move on all right that's gonna do it for the episode again not my favorite episode to do but unfortunately the episode i had to do uh we'll come back with Bilal on thursday maybe we'll have a guest we'll talk more about jets we'll get you some inside stories we'll have some fun we'll talk about his national team that he won with in kentucky we'll also talk about the jamal adams story have some insight on that so all a whole lot more i appreciate you guys sticking with me despite the awful terrible season that it's been i appreciate everyone liking subscribing sharing the content posting the content so much fun stuff 
there'll be plenty of more great stuff to come. All that and a whole lot more. Until next time, see ya. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.